Welcome to From the Back Tees, a podcast where we tee it up from the back every week. Welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast. I'm Zach Penser. We got Nolan T. Smith here, and today's the big introduction of our new co-host. He is a Corn Ferry Tour champion caddy. He's also a PGA Tour caddy right now, future PGA Tour champion. And most importantly, he's the tallest caddy in golf history. We got Reed Martin with us. Reed? Afternoon. Glad to be uh, an official part of the podcast now. Not that I wasn't before, but uh, officially on the crew and rocking and rolling. I love it. Absolutely. You just called your way in. You just forced your way in, basically, by uh, <laughs> calling in mid-episode of guests. So. That's right. The door is always left ajar for Reed, though. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, now we got, we got Reed on full-time. We got a little PGA Tour uh, expert, man, boots on the ground, as uh, Space Force, the TV show, has brought up. Have you guys seen that show, by the way? Very good. I haven't, no. Space Force? The new no. Steve Carell TV show. Really? Uh, I've seen Spaceballs, though. <laughs> Useless. Useless. Well, I guess the, the big topic is that the PGA Tour is back on Thursday. Reed, are you uh, excited for that? What are what are some of the details going there? Uh, leave Sunday. Uh, we're heading out Sunday to, or actually, I'm heading out Sunday to Fort Worth uh, Colonial Country Club. Um, short-ish golf course, older style country club with some uh, winding fairways, winding trees. Um, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see what uh, what it's like back out there with everything you know going on. Yeah, When's the last the time you, you played it? Colonial? Never seen it before. Yeah. Okay. So for, it'll be a you first got a lot time. of work. You got a, a lot of work to do then. Oh yeah, get in Sunday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> Have do you ever look it up online and like look at the course and try to map it out? For sure. I mean, I don't. Well, I wouldn't say map it out online, but like sometimes I'll I'll go uh, Google Earth it and take a screenshot and start working with some of the numbers from the tee boxes to the bunkers just kind of kind of have an idea before i get there yeah Jeez, read party or off the course very serious on the course no one it's something you have to get your eyes on it's quite something <laughs> hey man yeah, you gotta, well, gotta enjoy life when you can and work hard when you can laser focus on the course i'd like yes. to see him both in work and in in uh full reed martin mode so well, you know, I just come out for a week. You'll witness that. <laughs> yeah, but before we get into that, though, I, I completely forgot. For those who uh, haven't seen you, read, I know we have a bunch of new followers recently. Could you give a quick background as to how you got where you are? Sure. Uh, long story short, grew up playing golf 20 years, played at the University of Central Florida, uh, played on a couple of national teams junior-wise and had some success. Uh, tried playing professional golf. It didn't work out. And... Um, Started caddy on the Corn Ferry Tour, worked for a couple of guys, and um, Mark and I met, and uh, we started working well together. Uh, Mark Hubbard, that is. Um, worked our way, won on the web.com, finished, uh, I believe, fifth on the points list at the end of the uh, Corn Ferry season last year, and got our uh, tour card, and have since uh, succeeded, and look to succeed more only in the future. Is there a lot of, like, I this is going to sound kind of rude and I apologize, but 
PGA Tour burnout guys that end up being caddies? What do you mean? Oh, like guys that have played in the past that turn into caddies? Or, yeah, we're, we're, you know, trying to make that PGA Tour level, but it just didn't work out, and they end up caddying. Um, I wouldn't say I've seen caddies, but what I would say I have seen from a couple of the players, and I will give a couple of examples because I know they're very good instructors now. Um, Jin Park used to play on the Corn Ferry Tour, now works with some of the – I don't know who I can't remember off the top of my head who it is or who they are, but uh, works some short game stuff with some of the guys out there. And uh, um, Richard Lee, who played at the University of Washington, he went got to the uh, PGA – for a little while, uh, is now doing uh, swing stuff out in uh, Phoenix or Scottsdale, somewhere out in that area. So, I mean, a lot of times, you know, even the guy, these guys that burn out, they're still so good at what they do. And, I mean, it's just like any other athlete, man. They Sometimes time just wears on and you still know what you're doing. You just can't do it as good or don't want to or time in life has passed and these guys turn into be good instructors or whatever. Yeah, right on. I like that. Yeah, we had we – had... Julian Trudeau on and it was I mean it was his goal to be become a professional golfer and you know he made that happen for a little while there but then realized uh, he had a career in caddying so I mean seems like that can happen quite often and maybe we don't always everyone probably doesn't know that so well I mean what people don't realize is most caddy for the most part the greater percentage of caddies has either been a good golfer in the past, <coughs> excuse me, or are still a good player. And because, I mean, when it comes to caddying, you have to know how to break a course down. And to break a course down, it comes with the territory of really knowing how to play the game. You know, there are a few exceptions where caddies, you know, don't play much. They just know how to do it um, and, you know, where, where to go and not. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's – Golf's a game where you learn as you go and you know, get good at what you do and kind of take it wherever you want. Yeah. I mean, that probably goes with any other sport, right? You're not going to be a – most likely you're not going to be a coach or like a – I don't know, even a trainer of some sort of a specific sport unless you've played it at a – you know, at some sort of level in, the, in your own past. So right, makes sense. Right, yeah, and it's uh, – I mean, look at basketball, say. Like, how many players go on to be coaches? Yeah. Right, the NBA. Sure. All of them? Yeah. Yeah, it's like every sport. They're basically all former coaches or players. doesn't matter what. And I think that's – when it comes down to athletes, man, like an athlete is – at the end of the day, people – like I've gotten the question before of like what what do you see that's different out there on the PGA that's, that's not on the lower levels? and. I mean, you can talk about certain skill sets that are just maybe minutely different and this and that, but, like, you get to these guys that just – they just – they love to grind and they love to go after it. And when they get that, that taste in their mouth, they just keep going after that. That kind of relates to an NBA player going to a coach. I mean, maybe they're not as good as, you know, maybe they're 20 years older or whatever than guys when they're playing, but they turn into a coach and they still know how to do it. Yeah, and I feel like in golf, more than any other sport, it's sort of like the players could relate to you. Because I know we were talking before about the mini tour guys and how good those guys are. And people who follow the PGA Tour have no idea who these guys are. But I brought up like Tyler Wolorski, who won this week. The guy went 22 under par on 54 holes. Yeah. I don't care what course you're doing that at. That's like you have to be able to beat some PGA Tour guys on a given week. 
I mean, and if, if for those listening, if you go back and you go look at the, uh, the outlaw tour golf, there's actually been some PGA tour players or past PGA tour players playing in some of these events. And granted a couple of them maybe passed their prime or not, but like I said before, they still know how to do it. And, and Joel Damon also, and Streelman played a couple of weeks ago. Right. Right. These boys in the desert and these boys, uh, you know, are playing these majors. It just proves that that's how hard it is to make it to the top. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. It probably makes them though, like uh, kind of respect your opinion a lot more. Cause obviously we're not breaking any news that Mark Hubbard would completely smoke you in a, round of golf but you probably have some still you have some good advice and you can understand some of the shots that he hits and you could hit some of those shots right right and, you know it's execution and figuring out what needs to be done are two different things you probably bomb it past him though he, he knows <laughs> at least you have that like i would just want to be better than them at one thing that's right I, I'm better than them I, I got one, one thing to claim baby well, actually, that's a lie. I'm better than them in the mental game, as Nolan knows. <laughs> Rolling my eyes over here, man. How many PGA Tour pros do you think I could offend by telling them that I am mentally stronger than them? <laughs> All of them. Just everyone who comes in. It's probably a fair share. Yeah. No, Ryan Armour knew. He accepted it. <laughs> okay. They'd probably be like, what are you, like a psych major or something like that? Yeah, I'm like, right. nope. Just, uh, just I always go for it over the water. Always. <laughs> 100% of the time. That's yeah. one way to eliminate a decision. Is just, no, you always go for it. 100% of the time. <laughs> I was, so I, while watching these mini tour events, though, it has caused, it's not going to stop me from entering a mini tour event because that's like a guarantee. Reed, you will be there. But or we'll have to make it when I'm off so I can be there. My one problem now is that with DraftKings having these games on, like where you could pick these players, that someone's going to pick me and then be like, this asshole shot like 40 over par <laughs> <laughs> and, and like lose this person so much money. Like, cause they don't know who anyone is. They're like, Zachary Pencer seems like a good golfer. That's funny, man. Everyone who plays these events is good. Like, no, I was assuming someone would be like terrible. Nobody's terrible. You'll get you'll get one of those whales that throws down like ten G's on you. Yeah. You, you just go shoot like a hundred, a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> and you're gonna get you're gonna get death threats. Yeah, a nice oh, one ten, one ten, missed cut. That's right. Hey, goals to break a hundred for you, partner. Oh, it'll be amazing. Those courses look so fun though. Like we don't have courses like that at all out in Canada. Like just a desert. Oh, oh dude, some of the desert courses, like some of them are kind of boring per se because it's just grass a couple trees in the desert but there's some that cut through the canyons that are pretty cool yeah pretty cool zach, zach what what is your like low round like 92 real? 92 <laughs> 92 Almost everyone i play with this is not a brag because i'm still not very good they all tell me that i should be shooting in the 80s probably because they're mentally weaker than me so hear me out here. I hit a lot of balls in the water and out of bounds. But when I finally start hitting my drive straight and get a couple more yards on my hybrids here to pass that 220 yards of clearing the water, I'll be <laughs> shooting in the 70s. 
they're just like, oh, shoot in the 80s. I don't care about shooting in the 80s. I'm about going really low. (laughs) That's 50s partner. Yeah, it could be. (laughs) (laughs) You want to make it on the outlaw tour. It's got to be in the 50s. (laughs) You'll see, you'll see, you'll see 80 year old Zach strutting up to the tees trying to shoot 59. Yeah, then I'll finally (laughs) figure it out. No, everyone tells me I could shoot better because I lose so many balls in a round. It's like remarkable. <laughs> I've never that's played around without like three balls. That's the e- easiest way to shave strokes is to stop losing balls. See? That's <laughs> what people tell me, but I go for it every time. Every time. <laughs> like, I would play, like, if you gave me like a 22 handicap, I think I would smoke people because on a given hole, I could do very well. So like you can't you can't give me those shots. I think I would smoke people. That's <laughs> I would. Reed, you'll see. I want to see it. Show me it. I I do need to learn to like. I don't hit my drive nearly far enough. I hit it like far, but I need to drive it like three hundred because I feel like that's cool. It'll bring the ladies for sure. <laughs> <laughs> my drive's in we... the yard. Man, I would take two seventy five. So let me know. Your secret. You drive it 275? No, I said I would take that. Oh, what is what did Reed say? I didn't say. Oh, I oh. said my my drives bring the ladies to the yard, just like oh. my milkshakes brings the boys to the yard. How far do you drive it, Reed? Uh in my when I was playing a lot, man, I was I hit it a long way, depending on the condition and where we're at, but like I'd fly it three, three oh five. Have you ever hit a four hundred yard drive? 442 is my longest. What do you mean 442? Swear to God, dude, hole 14 at uh, Silverleaf Golf Club in Scottsdale, Arizona. Well, how is that possible? Touchdown, down touchdown hill and a touchdown win, and I just smoked it. It was probably like it was probably like a. I'll give you. I'll, I'll give you with, with just the conditions, like the firm conditions, it would have been like a three. 90 probably 380 touchdown hill but it was a little windy behind my back so got a little got a look 442 man that is not normal all right i have no words for 442 that's like it's not a normal way to hit the ball my that's like mine my crazy long drive is like three bills because of like the same situation like downhill it rolled out wind at my back 300 (laughs) Yeah, yeah, me too. Three hundred, great. Or dog leg, you go over the trees. Three twenty, you just measure diagonally. <laughs> dog leg counts. Okay, so back back to the tour. Uh, so you guys are back this week. Do you think there's going to be like, or do you know if most players have been able to keep in shape, keep playing? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure the guys have been uh, strict. Or I shouldn't say strict, but on a pretty healthy, uh, you know, workout plan and eating regimen. Just these guys know what it takes, man. And they, they, I mean, they did it for 20 years leading up to the tour. Uh, just because they took a three-month break doesn't mean anything's going to change. But I think everyone's going to be ready. It might, you know, the swing might take a couple of days to kind of get back in the motion or a couple of weeks back in the motion for a couple of people or whatever. But, but as far as, like, the mental game, in fact, Hubs and I were joking with that yesterday. Uh, through text saying it's possible we might play six in a row, saying, well, I mean, dude, we just had two winter breaks in a row basically combined. Yeah. So if, if you're not ready now, you're not, you're not going to be ready. 
And, yeah. and I think that's where everyone's heads at. Everyone's going to be ready. What are the next six tournaments coming up? Oh, let's see. We go to Colonial in uh, Fort Worth. Uh, we go up to Hilton Head. Yep. We go to uh, Connecticut for the Travelers. And then I don't have any flights booked past that, but I think we go to um, Detroit and then the two weeks mm -hmm. at Deerfield now since they're playing back-to-back -back in Deerfield. Super weird. I don't know how I feel about that. Well, you know, I was talking to someone the other day about it, or yesterday, I guess, because it just came out yesterday, but I was talking to him yesterday about it. I said, you know, I don't have a problem with playing the same golf course two weeks in a row. The only thing that worries me is you should see a driving range or some collection areas around right. these courses at the end of a week. Yeah, and then you got to go play it again. It's not like, yeah. <laughs> right, so I, I, I just kind of – they, they have to have a method of their madness or they'll start putting pins that will, you know, keep you – try to keep you away from those beaten up areas, is my guess. I don't know. But it, it'll be interesting. And the, the weird thing about it to me is I thought they would have tried to push the Memorial up a week and make that the first week of the two so the golf course was fresh. But it's the back end. So it'll be interesting. I'm not, I have no problems with it. In fact, you know, the, the good part about it is having a week to prepare on that golf course – before the memorial you know you're gonna know it that much better and uh what's to be a, i'm pretty sure a bigger purse and more world ranking points and yada 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 yeah that's yeah that's that gonna be so weird just playing the same course two right. weeks in a row i guess it's sort of like a it'll probably be fun it's like a novelty thing you only well, get two once well think about this like we have the golf tournament we make the cut the first week and the golf tournament sunday night usually i'm heading out to travel somewhere monday get my work done tuesday well now the golf course is basically scouted, and I'm sure I'll go walk it again. But, you know, it's just going to be weird going, oh, I'm, I'm already here. Yeah. So. The, yeah, the the first one is supposed to be like an like any an open invite, right, to anyone? Yeah, right. Open field. <clears throat> yeah. It's going to be so weird. I wish they would have put the players back on for that week or something. But, I don't know. You know, I heard – and I don't know – what if they were credible sources or not? But I heard some humble and grumbling that they were going to try to bring it back, the players this year. But you already had the fact that they paid out some of the purse. Mm -hmm. And so I know it's not a lot of it that they paid out, but, but they paid out some of the purse. So now, I don't know. It's, it's, just, it's just a weird situation with all these things, man. I mean, it's, it's, it comes down to Hands finally getting tired, holding the phone the whole time? No, no, they're on my knees. We're good, man. This okay. is perfect. Go ahead. You know, who's, you know who's fuming about the decision about the players, right? Who's that? Matsuyama. Oh, yeah. I mean. <laughs> you guys said a question. Yeah. And then I think just... Zach's mad, too. That's his yeah. guy. I love Matsuyama. <laughs> he's a stud i don't know how he hasn't won a major yet it's beyond me yeah not uh not discussing that but uh he is very good man yeah he's very good yes what about the international players though are they all going to be able to get in well you know 
for those listening again, the international players are having a hard time. And I mean, that goes even down to the corn Ferry events. And as some of you may have seen, they have canceled the Canadian tour. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with international travel between the borders. I mean, you look at guys on the web coming from England and, you know, caddies coming from South America and uh, Europe and, and players coming from all those countries and Asia. And I mean, getting everyone back in the country, it's a tough task because all the, I mean, I think the world's on the same page as far as what's going on, but I think every country's in a different spot of what we're, what they're going to do and who they're going to let in, who they don't want and this and that. And so it's hard kind of making negotiations that, you know, this guy has to come to work or whatever. What do you guys think happens if, someone on tour gets a virus do they just go and test everyone again i mean you kind of know reed what's gonna be happening with all the testing protocols before each tournament do you think they'll be able to kind of keep pushing on if if no one's there's not like a huge outbreak yeah well i was talking to zach uh i think before you uh logged on pre uh call here Nolan um, and I'll kind of go through some of that just so the, the listeners have an idea what's going on um, so before the tournament uh, and I have already sent it in um, the lab sent out a um, test tube and we had to take a saliva test and send it in to get tested um, on the, on video with a practitioner and everything was video and everything was sent in um, and that's, that's not mandated, um, but they um, ask that you do it in the instance that, because when you go to a tournament now, every event, we're going to be nasally tested. If you test positive at the event, you have to sit out for 14 days in the city given, uh, unless there's a, something, another circumstance which they stated, which I don't, I don't remember what it was, but it was getting back home or whatever. If you haven't taken that pre-test at home, that, that saliva test, and tested negative for it when you get to the event and test if you were perhaps to test positive if you have not taken that at home test they will not give you a um, weekly stipend for the 14 days that you have to stay there if you've taken that test and test negative for it and you get to the event and test positive they will give you a weekly stipend for the 14 days that you have to stay in that city but they are taking that very seriously and since if you nasally test positive they're not gonna let you work for two weeks that's great that they're giving the stipend though. I feel like a lot of organizations might just be like, it's on you. At least they're, it's sort of like making it a motivating you to actually follow through on taking the test. And Right. And, you know, I think it's, I think it's making it more fair to everyone as well. You know what I mean? Um, and like I said, you're not mandated to take that saliva test, but <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you know, I think it's, there's no reason not to do it. Like, why would you travel if you had that virus? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, I think, I think the tour is doing a very good job, and they've been very thorough with emails, and um, we had a call-in with all the caddies uh, the other day. Um, you know, they've been very thorough of, you know, who's to touch the pin, who's not to touch the pin, where the pin's supposed to go, what the bibs are supposed to do each day, we're supposed to wipe them down. We have to wipe the flag stick down every hole with a Lysol wipe. Um, like, they're taking it serious. Uh, <clears throat> you know, is it too much? Who knows? But I think at this point you have to take it as too much. 
just to protect all the, everyone out there, you know, whether, you know, we start getting fans back into play and you got to keep it the same, you know, or at least keep an eye on it just to keep all the fans safe as well. Yeah. That's interesting that they're making you do all those precautions, like during, during the round. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so do you know exactly, or what was I think? I lost my train of thought. What? Wait, did they, is there the bunker rule? Is that happening? Is there no rakes? And do you get to move your ball in the bunker? Or what's going on with that? No, there are rakes. Um, what do they say about that? They sent out an email about it. I, I don't don't uh, mark my words here, but I want to say they said something about just lessening the number of rakes and making sure we wipe them down. They're really stressing on the fact that we're taking Lysol wipes and just taking a, you know, wrapping it and taking a quick swipe to it up and down, you know, the, the bunker shaft or the, or the pin shaft or whatever. Yeah, I'm sort of surprised by that. I thought there would be a good possibility that they would have caddies not rake bunkers and maybe even, like, have the players pull their own clubs and stuff like that. Well, I didn't think so much that. Um, what I was kind of shocked about is I thought that there would be a – um, just from my point of view of maybe someone, maybe one volunteer every hole, I know they're trying to cut down on volunteers, but one volunteer every hole to hand the pin off to that can wipe it down at the very end and then go set it in the hole. But then you bring into the regards of there is a proper way to set up, put a pin back into the cup and there is a you know proper place to walk into the hole and blah, 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 blah. You know, you don't. And so, you kind of toying with uh, the etiquette of the game as well there. Yeah. And do they tell you guys to stand six feet apart at all times? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess you no, don't. No high-fiving, no fist bumps. I'm just going to give them, like, air chest bumps. Mark's going to be ecstatic, like a... probably. He probably doesn't want to high-five <laughs> you anyway. <laughs> you have to wear like, a, wear, like, a buzzer, and they can zap you if you like, get within six feet of someone. <laughs> a doggy collar. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, something that we didn't bring up yet, there's going to be no fans also. Do you think that'll be weird at all? Uh, oh, dude, I mean, it's... <sighs> no That's the biggest thing, thing, I think. I don't know how weird, weird it'll be for me, just because I've played college golf sometime in the recent round. Like, I graduated in 13, like, it was seven years ago. Like, it was a white ways ago, and there wasn't many college fans ever. Some of these guys who have been on tour for... 20, 25 years with fans 20 deep, you know, it's, it's going to be different, you know. Especially gonna, like Tiger with, with no fans for him. Hey, right. Can you imagine the viewers on that though? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. TV viewership's going to be, it should be really solid. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's going to be funny. Tiger's striping his drive right now, so I don't even care. <laughs> well, no one Tiger. Yeah, we saw at the last tournament that uh, how well they did it with following every single player and having video of every player's shots. I hope they come out with stuff like that. I mean, they've had a lot of time to come up with stuff and to make the right. viewing experience. I think it would be great if they could somehow follow what you could follow whatever player you want. Yeah, you just click on them group by group. That'd be cool. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure over time that that'll be only come more in depth and in depth. I mean. It's just figuring stuff out little by little how it works. I mean, yeah, I mean they're already doing it for the big ones. But. Right, right. 
Yeah. yeah. The, the biggest thing, though, obviously, like no grandstands and no people to block some wayward shots. So that'll be uh, interesting to say, see. I can't fire one into the grandstands longer than water. <laughs> yeah. You're going to see some shots from like 20 yards behind the green that you're like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, but it, you know, it, it's good though. I mean, we're we're getting back to the game of golf, man. And that, at the end of the day, that's what everyone wants, um, you know. And, and starting to do it the way we are is only going to let us get back to as close as we were, you know, quickly. Um, you know, and there's still some worried people out there on tour. I mean, there's there's guys that have expressed worries, and but that's you know that's valid. Like the world's at a place right now where some questions are unanswered and we don't know and we have to take it precaution. Yeah, that yeah, was I think something I was also going to bring up. Do you think any players are going to not play? I know you've seen baseball, a lot of people saying they're going to refuse it, even if it comes back. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, that'll be interesting for sure. Um, I do know that events are tough to get into right now. Um, and, you know, players are getting uh, – that's something we talked about pre-show that – um, we haven't spoken about uh, the Corn Ferry players and whatnot not getting in right yet, so we can talk about that later. But, yeah, I mean, that, that'll be interesting, man. It's uh, it, I, I don't know who's not going to play and who's going to play. If there's going to be anyone that's going to back out, I have no idea. But Who uh, was it at the players that pulled out? Uh, C.T. Pan. C.T. Pan. I thought, like, Hendrick Stenson said something, like he wasn't going to play. I can't remember. But I thought it was someone, some European – player said he wasn't going to risk coming over he's right. going to stay quarantined so yeah who knows man it, everyone has a different opinion about what's going on yeah uh, like what's you your opinion on what, or, or both of you both of you what do you think about the Ryder cup getting i don't i don't i guess i haven't a lot of the players have come out and said they don't really want to play if there's no fans. So that I mean, it doesn't look super likely that we're going to have fans yet. I don't know. I mean, that, that comes down to, in my opinion, that comes down to the fans are kind of the um, extracurricular that make an event awesome. Or that I should say that help make an event awesome. I think the history of the Ryder Cup is still the history of the Ryder Cup. And as we talked about before with fans not being at events for the first four, um, you know, I think that that would be the same thing at the Ryder Cup. I think the viewers would only go up because people are still going to watch it. I mean, it, it is what it yeah. is. Today, it's still the Ryder Cup. Uh, would it suck to not have that energy there? Absolutely. But going back to my recent point, you know, you got to have that precaution right now until everyone is at ease, until everyone's under understanding that we can kind of prevent what, what has happened. Yeah. 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 That's going to be weird. Especially I feel like for you, like prepping for the round or like being at the range, just having like nobody there. Oh, I, I want to duck. I want to duck and dive anyone with the bag and yeah. get, you know, it was sorry. Cause I smacked someone in the, Rear end with butt end of the bag, and no one's gonna chirp you for being freakishly <laughs> tall. <laughs> yeah. Hey, dude, you're six foot five. Why are you caddying? <laughs> yeah. You might be the tallest caddy in PGA Tour history. No, Could I'm be. sure. I don't know. Well, well, hey, if any fans that are listening 
anyone that's listening of a taller caddy than six five in history, send us a tweet at, from the back tees and we will look that up. That's right. Also, you got to get on Twitter, Reed. You you have good Twitter game. I know. I, I just I'm so bad with social media, man. I know. Terrible. <laughs> well, well, you brought up the Corn Ferry Tour, though. So, uh, do you want to enlighten people on everything going on there? Yeah, yeah. So, just I was talking to Zach pre pre pod about kind of what's going on. Um, and people don't realize what has really happened in the golf industry as far as tour professionals go. Um, what's happened now is you take a full season because of this quarantine and this whatnot of canceling events, and you're now shortening the PGA Tour season. And I know the Corn Ferry Tour season is combining, combining two seasons to make one and whatnot, but the PGA Tour season is, isn't. And what's happening is these guys uh, aren't, haven't played well in the past and don't have a lot of points or aren't going to get in, into many events. So what's, what they're doing is uh, some of them are going down to play in the Corn Ferry events to gain enough points and status to get their PGA Tour card back if they need if they you know happen to need it that way at the end of that two-year corn fairy uh, season and what's happening is those guys are going to play and now they're bumping a lot of the good web.com corn fairy players out the returning players from the corn fairy play uh tour from last year will uh get in the event but you know for instance there's a guy one of my good friends who has a player that's roughly 30th on the points list on the corn fairy and right now is not in the first event back in Florida. And so, I mean, it's, there, there's a given pull because of everything that's happened, but you know, there's definitely some people that have taken a harder hit and definitely some people that have kind of been rewarded a little bit. Um, I wouldn't say rewarded, but it, it's played to their favor. Um, and you know, I mean, that's, but at the end of the day, like it's hard to make everyone happy in the situation that's presented itself. And it's really, no, there's no perfect answer. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen it. Yeah. It's sort of terrible. I guess, like you said, there's no perfect answer either way. Someone's going to be pissed and someone's going to lock out a little with getting entry. Right. Right. I mean, it even comes down to starting the PGA tour season with some players and caddies that possibly can't get into the country. Like, you know, that, that they're now losing work in tournaments. So yeah. it's interesting, but. You know, I think at the end of the day, it has to it has to start at some point. It has to go on and kind of find its way, if you will. I definitely think it was a good move for the PGA Tour to kind of be one of the first professional sports to get back in gear because they can definitely capitalize on eyeballs right now. So yeah. I think it was a good right. move. Yeah, That's a me- good point. It's going to blow up, like. Very good point. What else is playing right now? I mean, I know some some soccer's come back, right? There's like German soccer, and then there's the UFC, which has been like dominating. Like their numbers yeah. are like astronomical. Everyone's following. It's like these smaller events. Like I'm watching all this. I can't imagine everyone's going to be watching the golf tournament Thursday. Everyone's yeah. following the Outlaw Tour now. No offense to those guys, but <laughs> it's the Outlaw Tour. You gotta have something to watch. Yeah. So. Zach, what if you were on TV on the Outlaw Tour? <laughs> I could be. They're streaming every single event now. I'm so upset. If I was allowed to fly and cross the border, I 100% would have gone. They're streaming it for us. I don't even need to worry about that. They're doing all the hard work. Oh, terrible. 
Yeah, but you also well, see the, the McKenzie tour. They canceled their season. Those are my people. Yeah, I mean, like, what's going to happen to those players that went to Q school and got their card and paid a lot of money to go to Q school? Or, or the guys who went to Q school and didn't get their card and now they're in the same boat as everyone else. Like, is the tour just going to take those funds? I mean, it's sad in the first respect that those events have to be canceled. But it's just a, a shit show, if you will, when it comes to figuring all of it out. It's sort of like the minor leagues of all the sports seems to be the one that are hurt the worst and everyone's arguing about the big leagues. Obviously, like, it hurts you guys on the PGA Tour, but at the end of the day, you guys have it a lot better than the Corn Ferry and especially the McKenzie Tour, just like in baseball. The minor leagues of baseball is getting, like, killed. The NHL minor league, the AHL, it's all canceled. Yeah. Those guys are in some real trouble. And then uh, I know, Nolan, you mentioned the PGA University. They're doing yeah. something for next year? Yeah, some news occurred during this whole settle down where uh, PGA Tour is teaming up with NCAA, if you want to say, um, to try to um, funnel in the, the top players into the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, so I think it's, it's the top maybe 10, um, four years. That's a key thing is they have to have played golf four years at, um, in, at the NCAA level. Is that um, one school though, or can they transfer? No, they can transfer. Um, yeah, you just have to have played for four years, um, uh-huh. for, um, varsity or whatever you want to call it. Um, and, yeah, I think it's kind of cool. They're going to give those players an automatic um I think it's a I think it's a full season on the Corn Ferry tour. Um So, I mean, it's it's a little different in golf because a lot of the times the I mean, it's not too different. I mean, this happens in the NBA. I'm sure it happens in NHL. I don't know their rules for who gets to go to the draft and everything, but usually the top players aren't seniors. They're sophomores or something yeah. they go straight straight to the professional ranks um after they're done with a certain season um like the uh to the matt wolf's of the world the uh, victor hovland's the uh, um Morikawa. yeah so those guys i don't think were seniors um i could be wrong though but anyway it's a good uh i think it's a good decision to kind of put some good names in the Corn Ferry Tour. And then I think even some other guys get automatic year sponsors on the the three, uh, like, minor league tours as well, the McKenzie, uh, the Latin American. I think it's a good incentive to keep guys in school for four years to get a degree as well. Yeah. That's yeah. A good thing with <coughs> so. Yeah. It's a, it's a, we'll see how, see how it goes. But – um, there's always, I mean, I love watching the NCAA championships. Those are, those are pretty sweet matches. Um, whether they're the team ones or the individual ones, they're usually, they're usually go down to the wire like every year and it's pretty fun to watch. So. Right. Yeah. My, I want to give you this good, good thing I saw. It was from, uh, our guy Monday Q info who we had on the pod a couple of weeks back. 
And he actually brought up another guy we've spoken to, Taylor Pendrith, Canadian, who's been dominating the McKenzie Tour. So his point was Pendrith is going to have worse status than the guys making it out of these, this program. He played in 12 McKenzie Tour events last year, won twice, finished in the top three four times, top ten six times, and finished second on the money list. And he's going to end up having worse status than the fifth best four-year college player. Wow. Yeah. See, and I think, I think that's where I, – I mean, I don't want to say I don't agree with that, but I think they, they need to be on the same playing level. You can I, say it. At very worst, I mean, I, I, I don't agree with it. But, I mean, like, if you've gone out there and proven yourself on, on, on a PGA Tour sanctioned, you know, events, full year, full season, you should have every right to someone who has just played collegiate golf. I'm not downing collegiate golf, but someone has gone out there with the best of the best on their tour and beat them. Yeah. How do you take away from that? Yeah. I 100% would agree with what you just said because I did not know that. I didn't know that. So he's finishing second on like the McKenzie tour money list and he has a lower status on the corn fairy tour. Than... Yeah. Cause he must get like conditional status on the corn fairy. while well, this person might, might get full status or maybe slightly more events. That's crazy. Yeah. Right. And like, yeah. yeah, a guy like Pendrith, he's been grinding the, it for so long. And like, I don't know. It's probably, doesn't feel great for him to just be like, well, this guy gets through. But at the same time, like Reed mentioned, it obviously incentivizes going to school. And uh, we're a pro school podcast, you know, pro education. <laughs> Get your degree. That's right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Sports and exercise science, University of Central Florida right here, boys. Were you there when your <laughs> doppelganger was there? <laughs> Nolan, do you know who his doppelganger is? Oh, <laughs> Is this the guy you saw when you went down to the players? No, no, no. He's a quarterback, an NFL quarterback who also. No, I don't know. Kanger, he shit. <laughs> He's talking about uh, what's his face the Jacksonville ex quarterback. Yeah, Blake Bortles. Yeah. This guy thinks <laughs> he looks like Blake. <laughs> he does look like Blake Bortles. I, I lived. Uh, I lived like two doors down from Blake Bortles and Latavius Murray. That's incredible. Latavius Murray now on my Saints. Great stuff. That's right. Yeah. Dude, he's a big back, too. Yeah. Wow. Six did, foot did five. everyone think you were on the football team? Everyone. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I'll, tell, I'll tell a little, little story to make people chuckle at home real quick. I, uh, I walked into freshman orientation in high school. And I, I, I've been playing golf for 15 years competitively. You know, all around, my parents had already, tra- you know, taken me around across the country to travel. And I walk into freshman orientation of high school and the football coach from across the gym, I remember it. High school or college? High school. Oh, okay. I remember it from across the gym, this guy, like, beelined it towards me and basically told me, I'll see you at practice at 3.30 or whatever it was. And I, I never showed up. And Coach Mack and I, to this day, still to stay in touch, man. Just I would say I, like six. You know, you don't see a six foot five guy on the course very much, but that he, he just gotta you gotta live and breathe and eat what you do. Yeah, no, I don't know how you didn't play football. Did never you play any other sports. 
basketball. Okay, nice. Yeah, I was uh, yeah. I was six foot four in seventh grade and eighth grade, and played against the guy that was six foot seventh in eighth grade. Wait, where'd you grow up? Just north of Seattle, uh, a little city oh. called. Oh yeah. 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 Are you a Sonics fan then? Absolutely. I hate the NBA now, but I just, the Sonic. The Sonic. <laughs> oh, no. Anyways, Gary Payton and Richard Lewis and dude. Reed, F- why is I hope that's your finger on the screen, but we're just assuming. <laughs> We've had that problem before. Yeah, it's happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, so I uh but yeah, it's it'll be interesting. Uh I can't wait till all the sports get back. I mean it, yeah. it it'll be interesting to see think about all the sports that are gonna be, are gonna be going on when they're not supposed to be going on, like think of July and August, you're going to have the NFL, you're going to have golf, you're going to have baseball, and you're going to have hockey. It's going to be crazy. All together. It's going to yeah. be a wild summer, boys. Yeah. Um, it's going to be nuts. Yeah, so before we finish off things, though, we got one last thing. Reed, do you realize who your team is playing in the NHL playoffs? I haven't even seen it. Is it Montreal? Yes. Oh, fuck. Best three of five. We're going to have to figure out a wager to put on that 100%. Hey, I'll give you whatever odds you want, man, because you guys got no chance. Okay, 10 cases of beer to one case of beer. <laughs> we'll, we'll go five to one. Okay, deal. Is that, is that to win the series or just one no, game? No, we'll go, we'll go two to one because <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a, a lunatic. <laughs> and if I get five cases of beer, I'm going to have to drink them all, and then like I'll be sure to die. Two cases maybe, death. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I can't. When did, uh, Zach, when does that start? Uh, they don't know yet. Who knows if it's actually going to happen? That's what I've been thinking. Like they announced the playoffs, but they still need to get cleared, and they need to get like their forty thousand tests. Right. So yeah, hopefully it actually happens. But I could see a world where they're like, "Well, this didn't work out. We're just scrapping it." Yeah, going on to the next season and starting fresh. Yeah, and no you know what happens next year? Uh, no. It seems like the NHL wants to start the normal time. The Seattle NHL. Oh, yeah. Is that oh, yeah. next year, though? What, they do their expansion draft in like a year and a half from now, I guess? Right, right. And they're right. in in two years? 2021, right? They must be starting 20. Their expansion draft must be 21. They actually play 22. So, like, they won't play next season, but they'll play the one after that, I'm assuming. No, I think I think their expansion draft is this year, and then, and then they start playing the 21 season. Really? Because they announced it, like, a year ago. It's possible. I just haven't hear, heard much talk about an expansion draft, I feel like. Yeah, I'm sure it's been put under the rug a little bit with everything going on. Are you going to switch teams? No, 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 no. I will further – well, you know what? I'll give you – I'll say this. I grew up loving the Mew and turned into Crosby. And and Malkin and, and Latang and Hornquist and Neil and everyone that's been there and, and uh uh Castle and Flurry and all them but Thank you, that was an excessive <laughs> amount of penguins that you named. Oh dude, uh, I think uh, you, solid you, bunch you, of penguins. And, and and one of the longest tenured penguins, Chris Kunitz. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, I would love, I would love to see a Seattle team. I mean, that's where I was born and raised. That's my blood's at. Yeah, so I agree. That's what, very cool. I, that's what I'm debating with 
uh, Portland is really trying to get a, a baseball team, but I'm like a yep. huge Yankees fan. So it, it kind of, but I'm a huge Portland sports guy. Like I love the Blazers like unconditionally. So, <laughs> I don't know, I, and I love the Timbers too. So, hey, no, and the quick, Thorns. Quick, quick fact for you. How old are you? When were you, what year were you born? I'm 26. Okay. I'm just, were you, do you remember when McMillan was there coaching? Oh, yeah. So his assistant for a couple of years was a guy by the name of Dean Demopoulos, a tall, gray-haired guy, kind of slender. Okay. I grew up, grew up playing golf with him and his son a lot. And he, was with, he was with McMillan in uh, Seattle. Yeah, he started it with the Sonics, so yeah. That's right. Small world, man. <laughs> That's crazy. What's his, uh, what's his son do? Uh, his, I don't know. Dean went to work for um, Larry Kesselman at Melbourne United in Australia for a long time. And James, huh. James moved over there. I don't know. I, I've lost touch with him since. But, yeah, it's a small world, man. You know, you know athletics, athletics are so big but so so small. Yeah, that's nuts. I so, I cannot wait for the NBA season. They just announced their their plan of attack to come back, and the Blazers got a chance, baby. I know. <laughs> Do you think they got in because of Dame's uh, whole crybaby scheme? Oh, whatever. No, they. I don't know. They. I mean, they let some. They let the Phoenix Suns in for goodness' sake. So. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I thought the Phoenix Suns were like last place. No, I mean, they're. They're not doing great, but I hope they win. Like <laughs> that, that eight through twelve in the West is so, so messy that I think I don't know what the Suns are. They're they're right behind. It's let's it's like, let's be honest. There's three teams in the East and two three teams in the West that can win the title in yeah. NBA every year. Yeah, until until Portland uh, sneaks into the eighth spot and upsets the Lakers, we'll see. Reed, have you heard the? Have you seen this whole Damian Lillard fiasco? I know you're not the biggest NBA guy. I haven't even heard of it. What's going I'm on? I'm going to give you a, a rundown using the bobblehead. So, Damian <laughs> Lillard. Shout, shout out, Foco. Use yeah. our promo code from the Stadium Ten. That's right. I'm a big Portland Trailblazers fan. I actually do really like them. They might be my favorite team. It's between them and the New Orleans Pelicans. But I, I am a big Damian Lillard fan because he refused to make a super team. But he is getting paid. How much is he getting paid? Like $800 million. Wow. It's all irrelevant. It's like $40 million. <laughs> Okay, so $40 million Damian Lillard, he walked in to the game. And they're like, oh, the season's going to go back on because of Corona. And he's like, ah, I'm not playing unless we make the playoffs because I am – worth more and I could get injured and they're like you can't do that and then basically Mr. 40 million dollar Damian Lillard has just refused to play unless they're in a playoff spot wow yeah he essentially said if I don't have a chance to play in meaningful games to get me into the postseason I'm not gonna play which he's got a good point like why would you risk your health he could just you're you know, 40 take... million dollars I'll play for 40 million dollars Put me out there. He said he, he said he would but travel think, with the team, be a part of the team. But yeah. So he'd still be getting his money. Money 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 only goes so far when it comes to those guys, man. I mean you get so much and it's like money's great, but like at the end of the day, like 
they, they're looking for their health too. You know what I mean? Sometimes Dane's got plenty money. Injury. <laughs> Sometimes. Famous, famous Damian Lillard quote on Twitter when the guy was uh, getting after him because when Dame had that spat with the refs, they're like, "Oh, you're gonna get fined, Dame." Blah blah blah. Like, and he's like, "Man, I'm gonna say what I want to say because I got plenty money." <laughs> I love when they do that because it's true. Like Draymond Green said, he puts aside money every year for his fines. Right? <laughs> you got to. That's smart. Yeah, that's what, that's what you got to do. Well, uh, do we have any other topics, boys? No, I just say uh, to the, the listeners, uh, be prepared for some good guests coming up. We're going to get some people on here that'll uh, maybe give you some insight in some other ways uh, to some information that you may have not heard before. Yeah, well, uh, we, we got a big guest for those uh, still tuned in. We got a big guest next week who's uh, working for the Golf Channel. And then we're also working on a big guest who plays in the, or played in the National Football League, an absolute PPR stud for those fantasy football aficionados out there. And uh, we're very excited to add Reed to the podcast. And uh, we think we're going to be giving you some great humor and hopefully some good golf advice. Yeah, thanks, Zach. Thanks, Reed. Thanks for the chat, boys. We'll be talking next week. And uh, until next time, we'll, uh, we'll be talking about Colonial. We need a tagline. Thank you for listening to From the Back Tees. Toward the hole, and it's in with 30. We hope you enjoyed today's show. For more information and updates, Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at From the Back Tees. I'm going to enjoy it for the rest of my life. See you next week. Be the ball, man.